from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by Coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast. In this episode, I want to share with you five things that a workout could look like, especially if you have a player who's struggling with making game shots. This is generally a player that I have in mind that they can shoot it. They're a player that you've been counting on to knock down shots, especially towards the end of the season, league play and the postseason. You need them to be successful, right? You're not going to go as far as you can if you just don't play them as much. They don't shoot as much. They need to score. How can we try to quickly get them back on track? I'll give you five things that I think we should emphasize. And I also want to share with you before we get into that, what I think some of the, the mentality aspect of what we can think about when we're struggling shooting, how we can put some of that scoring mentality to good use even when, okay, that catch and shoot three or that coming off the screen or that one dribble pull up isn't quite working as well as it usually does, right? And so this stems back to years and years ago, I was training a young lady and she's all-time leading scorer at Brown City High School. She went on to play her college ball at IPFW and I was a student manager there, student assistant, one of the two, uh, Kendall Muxlow, absolute shooter, Right. And I'd been training her and she'd come to some of our clinics and camps and we kept in good touch with her and her family. And she was seeing all types of defenses and was starting to struggle a little bit with her perimeter shot. She was a big time three-point shooter. And I started to put together a list. I started to put together a list because she needed to keep scoring, right? If, if she didn't score, her team didn't win, period. So I put together a list of how she could score even if her perimeter shot wasn't falling. I want to share with you that list that I gave her. And this is now part of one of our shooting handouts that we give out at our shooting camps. It's one of my favorite handouts, and this is a part of it. So if you're struggling to score, and these are all bullet points, how can you work harder and smarter moving without the basketball? This is tough for a lot of players that are dominant on-ball players. They're used to doing their work when the basketball is in their hands. But the more the defense is paying attention to them, trying to push them out out of their spots, the more important it becomes for them to work hard and smart without the ball. The spacing, the cutting, the screening, all those actions that allow them to be able to be freed up so that they can score. Number two, a lot of players will settle in these situations. Can't do that. Got to look to drive, take some closer shots. We all know when you see the basketball go through the hoop, starts to get a little bigger, starts to get a little bigger. So if we can put it on the deck, we can concentrate on getting to the rim, even if that's not maybe your biggest strength. Well, it is now, right? Because we're trying to see that basketball go in. Number three, this ties in right into it, getting to the foul line. How can we create more opportunities to get to the line? If you see that defender moving, can you clip that hip? Can you initiate some contact so that defense player feel like they are trying to slide to cut you off, they bump you, and it's a defensive foul? 
some of that freedom of movement that is becoming more and more common throughout the course of the game. Can you use that to your advantage to pick up, get into the bonus, get some of those extra one-on-ones? It's a huge way that we can start to increase our shot. I know as a player, whenever I was struggling and I did get to the free throw line and maybe some of that, you know, not feeling so great about my shot carried over to how I shot the free throw. But what did happen is I just shot two free throws. So even if I went one for two, I always felt like that helped get me in a rhythm because I just taken two shots and you might go a long time without taking two shots in an actual game. I just took two in a row. It's an easy way to get the feel back for, um, you know, being a scorer, being a shooter and helping yourself get into a rhythm once again. So I always felt, even if I went to the free throw line, and I didn't go two for two. I was in, I was getting closer to the rhythm that I needed to be in that helped snap me back into knocking down some shots. Number four, some players can post up. If you're an inside outside player, if you're a coach and you're looking for some opportunities to get your score, some different looks, look for some opportunities where they can get in some angled cuts to the basket. It may not be an easy bucket, but if they can get the defense moving, get them on their back, you can get them a touch close to the basket and then they can go to work. It's a great way to increase their likelihood of scoring and to complement the one before that, again, get to the foul line. Number five, offensive rebound. Again, speaking from my own experience, if there were times where I was really struggling shooting the basketball, I try to put a little extra emphasis on crashing the glass, getting some offensive rebounds, seeing if I could get a put back, right? And that would start to get the ball rolling, get some momentum going for me. Number six, be confident in your practice, right? So we said we talked a little bit about mentality. This is one. I want to put it in the middle here. As a player, you're always – let me think of the best way to say this. Shooting is so mental, period. I mean, sports in general are so, so mental. There's so much to this game from the mentality standpoint. It's crazy. Right. And the the more players and coaches that I get a chance to work with, the more I see the difference being mentality that separates many kids that have a very similar skill set and a very similar talent level. And what's the separator? Their mindset, their mentality. In fact, I'm not talking like those kids are a little bit better. I'm talking some of those kids are like twice as good as another kid who has essentially the same level of skill and the same amount of talent, but their mindset, their mental toughness is so strong. Their confidence is so high. They're able to go out in games and literally shine. When, if you just put them in a workout, you'd be like, they're really not any better than these other kids. Their mentality is a clear cut separator. You know what I'm talking about because you see it with the players that you work with and some of the players that you coach against. Like, man, how is that player just so darn good? They keep coming at you. They're so confident. And so what I try to remind our players is nobody can steal your work. Nobody can ever take away something that you put in. Call it like putting money in the bank. 
right? Nobody can take that money out of your bank. Nobody's coming in to steal that money. Once you put your money in the bank, it's yours, okay? Let that give you confidence. Let that give you confidence. It's like filling up a glass of water drip by drip. Every day you put a drop in, you put a drop in, you put a drop in. Little by little, cup starts to fill up. Nobody can take away the work that you put in. Let that give you confidence. You know, when, when players are struggling, there's the mentality side where they'll start to get down on themselves and they'll start to question their own capabilities. They'll start to question their performance. And then as they start to do that, their performance stumbles even more so. And it turns into a snowball effect in a negative way. And players can really start to go down a rabbit hole that will trip them up for weeks, months, maybe even an entire season. And we see this every once in a while. You've probably picked up on players that you know, seem like things were going well. One thing led to another. And you're like, man, they really struggled this year. What happened? Again, nobody can ever take your work from you. And it's important for us as coaches to relay that message to our players that their value as a person is not based on their performance. And that's one of the things that snaps me back into shape with basketball or with my business is that, you know, I always say God's love is not performance-based. Like your value is not tied into how many points you score, what your shooting percentage is, right? And so when we're able to take a step back and look at the big picture, it should give us some clarity and it should relieve some stress because the chances are if we've been really in a slump, it's because we've been putting too much pressure on ourselves. It's not fair, right? It's not fair to us. So if we can remind our players to be confident in the work they put in, because no one can ever take your work from you once you've done it, it's yours. And then to remind themselves of the big picture, their value is not tied to their performance. And when you understand that your value is not tied to your performance, that gives you the freedom to go out there, play absolutely as hard as you can, let the cards, the chips fall where they may. Whatever happens, happens. You can be a little more loose with that type of mentality. Mm -hmm. And when you play with that type of mentality, a little bit of that loose feel to it, you become a dangerous player. You become a very, very dangerous player compared to the kid who may be just as skilled, just as hard of a worker, but they're questioning every little shot and movement that they take because they're asking themselves in the back of their head, man, what if I do miss the shot? What if I do miss the shot? Why well, then I shouldn't take the next one, right? And that's one of the ultimate differences. Kid that misses two shots in a row and they start to shut down compared to the kid that misses two shots in a row and shoots the third one because they say, well, I'm due. I'm due. I missed two in a row. I'm due to make two in a row now or three in a row. And that just starts, kids can catch fire that way. Right. And so it's important for us to continue to reinforce the mentality side of it and know what buttons to push for different kids. Everybody's personality is a little bit different. Um, but moving on, let's keep going down the list. I could go on mentality stuff like 
it's one of the most interesting things for me to talk about. Yeah, I read, you know, some of those books on, you know, mindset. I'm finishing up the book grit right now. And it just goes to show how much of a different difference maker mentality is. Um, you know, you talk about deliberate practice, you know, talent being overrated. There are certain things that a player can do from a mental standpoint that can really shoot them up above and beyond, but they kind of, kind of got to free themselves a little bit from the result. Last thing I'll mention on mentality, and then I'll keep going down the list. If you were to look at your game, if you were to look at your coaching, and if you were to relay this information to your player who might be struggling and just ask him, if you keep doing what you're doing, are you heading in the right direction? If you keep practicing the way that you practice, are you headed in the right direction? Meaning you're going to continue to get better. You're going to continue to improve. That's some self-reflection. And if that answer is yes, then we can use that to give our kids even more confidence. Say, if you keep doing what you're doing, you have no choice but to be successful. And at the same time, that gives those those players a chance to reflect and say, you know what, I'm not doing my form shooting before practice. And when I was really feeling good and really shooting a high percentage, I was doing my form shooting every day. I felt good about my shot. And then I stopped doing my form shooting. And now look at what has happened. So that self-reflection can, and that simple question of if you keep doing what you're doing, are you headed in the right direction? If you keep doing what you're doing, are you going to continue to get better? And now that will allow our kids to take in what they're doing and say, yes. And because of that, I'm due to knock down some shots. Or they're able to say, you know what? I'm not. There's some things I need to tweak. And that's a win. That's a win as well for, for us as players. It's huge, huge, huge. And to ask those questions for, for our players. I think anytime as a coach, we want to give them all the answers. We want to tell them what I think, what you think they need to hear. But often the best answers that we can give them aren't answers, they're questions. And by asking questions, we can get our kids to come up with answers that are even better than we would have given them ourselves. But it's our job to guide. And these are some things that can help guide our players. Some other ones. Are we setting great screens? If you get a lot of attention from the defense, they're paying attention to you when you set screens. And a lot of times when you set screens, who's the player that often finds an opening? The screener. So look to set better and more screens if you're struggling to score. Another one, how can we use some of our passing skills to create for others? That can help get you in a flow and a feel-good state. Because as a player, if you're always concentrating on scoring and you're not scoring, right, then you feel like you're not contributing. But now if I put my emphasis on, hey, can I start to get other players some shots? Can I create scoring opportunities for other players? Now you feel like you're involved because you are, you're contributing because you are, and hey, you didn't have to do a scoring. Nice. Now there's less pressure on me knocking down shots. What's going to happen? I'm probably going to knock down some shots. Another one, run the floor harder. Even if you run the floor hard, can you run the floor harder? Can you get some easy opportunities 
to score in transition before the defense is set. This may be one of the biggest pieces of advice for high-level players who are struggling is can you get downhill before the defense is set? That could be run the floor with a push-ahead pass and you get an opportunity. That could be rim running. That could be getting the rebound and just taking off, hitting the gas to try to create something for yourself. That's huge. Last one, I can't believe I have to say this, and then we'll get into what a workout might look like. Don't stand being a stance. Don't stand to be in a stance. A lot of times when players struggle, again, we talk about them getting the ball and they're kind of stationary. Everybody's loaded up on them when they catch. And when they catch, they're not ready to really be an athlete, to be a player. And so can we always have our hips back? Can we always have our hips ready? Can we try to keep our hips on a rim as much as possible so when we do catch it, boom, we're up into our shot, we're down into our drive. If you have the ability to catch the ball and you already know you're going to put it on the deck and get into the drive, can you get some momentum already? So you're moving to the ball, you're moving to the catch. Help speed you up a little bit and take some space. If you're coming off of a handoff, for example, can you come off the handoff at times with a little momentum? If you know you're not going to pull it, of course, with a little momentum to keep the defense in recovery, are you going to get that handoff? You kind of stop, let the defense get set, and then you start to go again. That can hurt you when you're really struggling as a shooter. So that's a list. And then I get more specific with how you might miss shots and, and breaking down that, which I'm not going to share with you in this episode. But those are some ways as a scorer we can think about how we're, how can we score, right? And then if we're looking for a feel-good, a feel-good workout, what are some things I would make sure that I touch on? Now, these five things come into play throughout the course of the year, whether you're in season or not. But I'll emphasize why I think they can be really beneficial when you're struggling as a shooter. One, form shooting. One, form shooting. This is one thing that boggles my mind for players. I think people... This is just a maybe a human nature type thing, but it still boggles my mind, is that when things are going well, you'll find something that maybe you don't really enjoy that much and you just stop doing it. And then you're surprised when things stop going well. Form shooting is a perfect example of that. You're working on your technique. Maybe there's an aspect of your form that you've been trying to correct. This player's been trying to correct. Hand placement, follow through stance, the motion of the basketball. Maybe you're pushing it. You're not letting your hand get underneath the basketball first. Maybe you're letting it get there and then you're pulling the ball back. So instead of really driving uh, your elbow through the ball, you're bringing your hand, hand gets underneath the ball. And then you start to pull the basketball backward and then shoot it forward. It, it, could, it could be a ton of different variations. Maybe you bring the basketball up and it's really on your right side or your left side which makes it extremely difficult to shoot off the dribble and the catch going the other way. It's a little bit predictable, right? Um, when you're playing somebody who shoots and brings the basketball up always in one location. And so working on our form can help fix those things. But as a player, it's important for us to have the discipline to continue to practice those things, whether we're shooting well or not. It's huge. So that's one form. Number two, block. Block training, reps. Seeing the ball go through the hoop is vital. It's vital, vital, vital piece 
to how we play the game, whether it's making a certain amount of free throws in a row, some spot shooting. I know as many people in the basketball world are getting away from as many block reps. I've gotten away from as many block reps, but they're extremely valuable. Like there's no way we'll never not do some block reps, right? Because they're good for us to go from our form into more game spots, game shots, game speed. We're, we're feeling and grooving our shots when we're doing some of those block reps. We're building our confidence. The mental side of the game, a lot of that can, is really good for block shooting. You're just seeing it go through the hoop, see it grow through the hoop, and you get in some of that, that rhythm that's great for building your confidence. Number three, variable practice. Much like in a game, are you going to do the same thing in a row? No, not unless you're shooting two free throws. There's always something that comes, whether it's just simply running up and down the court and then getting into a shot, coming off of a cut, a dribble, a pass. And so when it comes to variable practice and getting a lot of shots up, it could be as simple as catch and shoot from the wing, drift down to the corner, catch and shoot, drift back up to the wing, shot fake, one dribble pull up, shoot. That's a three shot variable drill. And then you backpedal the wing, catch and shoot, drift down to the corner, catch and shoot, drift back up to the wing, shot fake, one dribble pull up. So that's a variable drill, three different things that we're varying, a wing into a corner, back into a wing off the bounce, repeat it. And maybe you're going to see how many can I make in 90 seconds. And then you go to the other side. This is one of my favorite ways to build confidence and build rhythm that is much more likely to happen in a game as far as in a game, you're never doing the same thing twice in a row, right? So I'm not going to shoot for an hour and it's all block practice, not a chance. Okay. I'm going to do a lot of variable practice. And usually with variable practice, we get in some movement. So it's at this point within our workout that we start to get some sweat and the sweat is it's underrated, man. It's underrated. When you, know, you talk about, you know, I've been listening to some podcasts about uh, exercise, right? And when you exercise, you feel good, right? You get, you get the good feeling chemicals in your body. Even if you did a workout and you're like, man, I was super tough, didn't really enjoy the workout. But when you finish, you're like, oh man, I'm really glad I worked out. You can get a little bit of that in a positive way with the variable practice. Now, I'm not trying to kill our players with how intense, especially in season, our shooting workouts going to be. That's, that's not the point. But when you start to get that good sweat going that, that lather, we'd like to do a lot of those in variable practice that helps our kids even more. It's your shooting and you start to get some of those feel good chemicals in the brain at the same time. Now we're starting to, to change some things. So don't forget about the importance of getting your sweat in when you're trying to get some of your rhythm back as a shooter. So we have form, block, variable, and now random. Just like in a game, you don't know everything's going to happen because there's nine other players out there who are trying to do their thing as well. And so it's so much about the quick read and respond of what's going on throughout the course of, of a game. You know, if you go to that BDT shooting, it's, it could be as simple as you pass out to your partner. If your hand's down, they catch and shoot. If your hand's up, 
they pass back. If you pass through your partner and you take a step at them, that simulates a rip drive for a layup or a rip drive into a pull-up jump shot. It could be as simple as that, right? You're shooting for a few minutes. You throw out to your partner, hand up, pass, hand down, shoot, pass and step, step at the person who's shooting. They got a rip and do a one dribble pull-up. That's random, right? The shooter does not know what you're going to do until you do it. They got to read, try to make a quick decision. It's also easy if you want to get your body involved, right? You're working on coming off screens. You got a person passing, you got your cutter, and you have a defender in there, and, and you're mixing up different reads coming off the screen. Hey, I'm going to trail this one. I'm going to cheat over top, right? I'm going to kind of get hit by, pretend to get hit by that screen. So you're staying behind the screen, you're catching and shooting. You can rep those things out randomly. Players can get better doing that. Again, it's some of those feel-good reps as well. And then the last one is getting game plan. You're playing. And maybe it's not even so much a three-point shooter and the gameplay is focused on them shooting threes as much you're just playing. It could be a little one-on-one closeout drill. It could be a one-on-one transition finishing drill. It could be a multiplayer, small-sided game, gameplay drill, two-on-one, three-on-two, three-on-three, whatever it might be. But it's essentially putting a bow on what we've been practicing. We've worked on our form. We've gotten some reps up. We've done some variable. We've done some random. Let's compete. Let's get after it, right? And so those are five things that I would touch on, and you could do it in a very short amount of time. And then the block is something that I would do extra reps up in. For example, I might do form, then I might go block, and that form shooting is also blocked, but we probably go through our four phases of form shooting. Depend on the player type, some of our form shooting might look like off the dribble shooting. Some of our form shooting could be more rhythm oriented. Some of our form shooting could be more um, footwork oriented. Like we have our four phases of form shooting, but we also have all these other different categories that I would still put under the form shooting umbrella, depending on what we're trying to focus on and, and depending on the player could determine what they're struggling with, what their game looks like. And then we could piece that in like, Hey, we're doing rhythm shooting because rhythm seems to be off. We're doing um, off the bounce form shooting because you're a player that's just handling the ball all the time. So we'll concentrate on that. You get the block in heavy block when players are struggling, because I think it builds the mentality. It mentality, it builds the confidence because you see the ball go through, go through, go through. And it's easier for us to just knock down tons of reps. A lot of times balls going through the hoop in the block style. Then we mix in our variable. If I was in the off season, I would probably do more variable. If I have a player who's struggling, I do more block. If I was doing a, just a traditional workout, I, I do more variable as well. But if they're struggling, I do more block than variable. Then I go random. And then we'll make sure we're going to play. Now, after we play, to finish it up, I do another drill that was block practice. Make X amount of shots before you leave the gym. You know, what are the two shots that you're going to take most in the game? Let's make 10 of each of those. Knock down a few free throws before you go. Something to feel good and get more reps in before they leave the gym. All right. So it could be five minutes of form. It could be 10 to 15 minutes of block. It could be, uh, you know, five to 10 minutes of variable training. 
It could be another five minutes of random. Five to ten minutes of gameplay. Okay. And then I do another thing, a block, which really could only take probably less than five minutes. Say, hey, let's knock down 10 of these. Let's knock down 10 of those. Just again, build the confidence in the player and we're going to be in good shape. I mean, that if you want to do the minimum of this workout, that would take you less than 45 minutes. If you wanted to do the, the maximum of it, you know, say you went five minutes form, 15 minutes block reps, that's 20, 30 minutes, uh, 10 minutes variable, that's 30 minutes. You do another um, five to 15 minutes of random work, five to 15 minutes of, of gameplay, another five minutes of block. I mean, you're going to be at just over an hour. Like there's hundreds of shots you can get in. You're working on form block, variable random and gameplay in a rather short amount of time. And combine that with some of those helpful tips of ways that a scorer can score when their shot's not falling down. I think you'd be surprised at, you know, some of the results that you could get in a rather short amount of time. If you have a player who's, who's struggling. And I say that with confidence because I've, I've worked through those things with players myself. I've been the player myself who's been struggling and worked on some things from a mental standpoint and what workouts look like that have helped get me back on track as a scorer. And they've helped me play better as well. So I hope that that finds that you find that beneficial. Um, you know, there's somebody listening right now in some part of the country or around the world and they got a player who's struggling, man, they're like, we need, we need you to snap out of it quick before these games come up. Right. And otherwise it's going to be a short postseason. And out of all the information that I just gave you, if there's one or two things that you can take away, apply it to that player and it can make a positive impact in how they finish the year. And it was worth it for me to, spend a half hour, whatever this was, uh, talking about this specific subject because it does happen a lot. Thank you for listening to Coach's Edge podcast. I hope you guys are doing awesome. Like we got some awesome stuff going with coachesedge.coach. Super excited about the guests that we have coming up on the podcast. Uh, Ryan Thomas down in Florida, who's you know, a high school coach, also an expert in player development. He's going to be joining the show really soon to talk about some in-season player development as we wind down the season. Uh, so many awesome things that we have going on. Our coaches edge meetings have been fire and I'm really excited for the postseason because we have a lot of really good coaches inside our membership from around the country, from like, man, Arkansas, California, South Carolina, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, like the, the Midwest, we got a ton of programs that we work with there. Uh, so it's just super, super cool as everybody gets towards the, the tail end of the season. Let's make it an exciting one. All right, leave it all out there. Get after it. If you guys need anything, let me know. Um, if you want to support the show, get those thumbs out. A little positive rating and review would be huge. Go a really long way. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Get after it today.